Hey everybody, Chris Harry with you on a week 17 edition of Chargers Weekly. Before we get into our interviews, we're going to lay out all the probable playoff scenarios to get you ready for week 17. And of course, the scenario everybody's hoping for is a first round bye for the Chargers. Two things need to happen. The Chargers need to go to Denver. They need to beat the Denver Broncos. Second thing that needs to happen, the Raiders, who just beat the Broncos on Monday Night Football, they need to go to Kansas City in Arrowhead and upset the Chiefs. If those two things happen, the Chargers are the number one overall seed in the AFC playoffs. They get a first round bye and they will host a playoff game from Rocket Field at StubHub Center. If the Chiefs beat the Raiders, the Chargers are locked into the number five seed. There's nothing they can do about it, but they could play up to five different teams on wildcard weekend, starting with the Baltimore Ravens. If the Baltimore Ravens beat the Cleveland Browns in week 17, they are the AFC North champs. Couple that with a Houston win over Jacksonville and a Patriots win over the Jets. If all three of those things happen, the Chargers are getting on a plane. They're going to Baltimore for a rematch with the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, and that punishing Baltimore defense. The next scenario has the Chargers going to Pittsburgh for a rematch with the Steelers. Two things need to happen. It's very simple. If the Browns upset the Ravens, all the Steelers need to do is beat the Cincinnati Bengals at home they become the AFC North champs. The Chargers get on a plane. They go back to Pittsburgh. A rematch of that Sunday night football game where the Chargers beat the Steelers 33-30 in early December. There's another scenario in which the Chargers would travel to Indianapolis or Nashville on wildcard weekend. These three things need to happen first. The Jacksonville Jaguars need to go to Houston and upset the Texans. And keep in mind, the Jaguars blanked the Colts a few weeks ago, so that's not outside the realm of possibilities. So if Jacksonville beats Houston, Baltimore then needs to beat Cleveland, and New England needs to beat the Jets. If those three things happen, the winner of Indianapolis, Tennessee, becomes the AFC South champs, and they will host the Chargers on wildcard weekend. And finally, there's even a scenario in which the Chargers would go to Foxborough on wildcard weekend. Tom Brady versus Phillip Rivers, Chargers-Patriots. The following three things would need to happen. Young Sam Darnold would have to go into Foxborough in Week 17 and upset the Patriots. Baltimore would then need to beat Cleveland, and Houston would need to beat Jacksonville. If those three things happen, the Chargers could be playing the New England Patriots on Wild Card Weekend. I know, it's a lot to digest, and I'll discuss these scenarios a bit later with Jeff Miller of the LA Times and Ryan O'Halloran of the Denver Post. But we'll start with NFL Network's analytics expert, Cynthia Freeland. All right, and as promised, very pleased to be joined by NFL Network Cynthia Freeland here on Chargers Weekly. Cynthia, Week 17, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Can, we, can you believe it? We made it all the way here. I can't believe it. I, I remember seeing you at, at training camp, and it's it's flown by. So Week 17, NFC a little bit more clear-cut than the AFC. The AFC is a whole different story. Uh, before we get into some specific matchups, just overall, Cynthia, what intrigues you most about the last week of the regular season? Oh, well, I think for me it has to be, can the Ravens hold on? and make it to the playoffs and keep Pittsburgh on the outside looking in, or will Pittsburgh again slide into the playoffs? And I kind of like chaos. So I'm, you know, it's, it's not a fan thing. It's just a, I like to see a little bit of chaos. So I like it to come down to the wire like this and potentially knock out 
you know, Pittsburgh, who seems to be always in the playoffs. For these games at the end of the year, Cynthia, are, are they harder to forecast for you because you have the teams that are quote unquote playing for pride? You got a lot of younger guys fighting for their jobs. I have to imagine it, it kind of skews things a little bit for you in week 17. Yeah, week 17 is not my favorite um, <laughs> in terms of predicting kind of what's going on in games. You can look at coaches' histories and you can look at kind of trends you've seen. You know, there's, there's some things that you can look at. Like, so for example, a lot of questions about, will the Bears rest or not? Because, you know, they get to sort of choose their opponent to some degree. That assumes that the Rams win. And then they're, you know, if they, if they beat Minnesota, then they will face the Eagles. Or if they do not beat Minnesota, then they will have a third rematch with the Vikings next week. So that kind of stuff you can sort of plan out like, okay, what's better for them? And then you can also look to see, who are the younger players that need some reps or coaches on the hot seat, like Carolina, you know, the, the no decisions been made there yet. So, you know, what, what are they going to do strategically, especially with not even a backup, not even a third, you know, they, they find their fourth quarterback. So <laughs> it's, it's very tricky, but you can look to some clues from the past to help out. No doubt. And the chargers, they need a little help to get that number one overall seed. But the first part of the equation is they got to take care of business. They got to beat the Broncos. Uh, regardless of what happens in Oakland, Kansas City, you want to be playing your best football going into the to the postseason. How do you see this one playing out in Denver, Cynthia? Yeah, I think it's a nice, solid Chargers win. It's going to be for the, the maybe the goodness of the Chargers' hearts. I think it's going to be a bit more of a boring game. And by that, I mean, I think it's going to be a nice, solid drive from the Chargers. Not a lot of answers from the Broncos. A nice, solid win. And boring in the sense that I think there's a lot of focus on the run game. It's not going to be some crazy Philip Rivers needing to come from behind and throw, you know, in the fourth quarter, just you know, 200 yards or something like crazy like that. I think it's going to be more of a, a boring, not a, not a boring from a fan perspective, but in terms of you're not going to you're not going to be on pins and needles on this one. By the way, how fun is it for you to see Money and, and DJ call these games as a colleague over at NFL Network? So I love DJ, obviously. He's a wonderful colleague. He is absolutely the best in terms of scouting reports. His ability to look at college players and forecast their ability in the NFL is really unparalleled. But I have to say, Matt Money Smith is like my big brother. So as much as I love DJ, and don't, I'm taking nothing away from DJ because it's just absolutely awesome. But like, I get a tear in my eye sometimes when I hear Money's calls. Like when they do the you know, when we, we replay them the next day on Fantasy Live the or best. on TV somewhere and they set it to Money's voice, I just get all choked up. It's like your big brother, you know, just absolutely crushing it. It's so the, I, I get really happy about it. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. And by the way, as we're doing this interview, I should just tell you guys now, download the Game Theory and Money podcast. Our, our own play-by-play guy, Matt Money Smith, Cynthia Freeland, uh, they do this every single week. So download and subscribe to Game Theory and Money. Uh, listen, the Raiders, they go to Arrowhead. Can they beat the Chiefs? Sure. I mean, the Chiefs' defense have shown us how vulnerable they can be. It's possible. I don't think it's very likely. In fact, I think it's very unlikely to happen. Um, but we did see, you know, you heard that you heard John Gruden at least say that they're trying to win. You saw their defense start to get a bit grittier. You saw, you know, a, a lot of, unfortunately, Gary on Conley seems to be potentially out with a, a concussion, but you saw some great grit from some of their key players like that, Carl Joseph as well. So they're starting to improve. The hard part, whenever you're playing the Chiefs, as you Chargers fans well know, Chargers insiders know, 
like their offense is just really, really hard to stop. And even if, even though we've seen their defense, defense be really vulnerable, I just don't think that, that the Raiders have enough weapons to overcome what Patrick Mahomes and that offense is going to be able to do to a very depleted defense. They don't have a pass rusher. You know, they don't have someone who is consistently going to bring that pressure in a way that would even slow Patrick Mahomes down. So I, I don't think that it happens. I think that I think that the, the Chiefs take care of business at home big time. I think it's probably like a 31-17 sort of game. But I, I'm, I don't think that the Raiders are just lying down. They do, they do have a chance. I'm not, I'm not, you know, all bad news. But I, I think it's very unlikely. All right, Cynthia, I want to dive into this Cleveland-Baltimore game. And you mentioned at the top, I think it's probably the most intriguing game on the slate because you got oh. Baker Mayfield going to Baltimore. It's a game Chargers fans will be watching closely in case they are locked into that five seed. How much of a chance do you give Baker Mayfield to go into Baltimore, beat the Ravens? And for Baltimore, it's essentially a, a winner-go-home situation. Absolutely. So I think that Baker Mayfield is maybe like best suited to play spoiler. I think like this is like the, the oh, yeah. <laughs> like something amazing from him. So, But um, look, when it comes down to it, we put confidence. So I run 10,000 simulations for every single game and you use past models and you find like doppelgangers. So you look at defenses that were look, they look a little bit like what the Ravens defense looked like this year and, and had sort of attributes that were similar to the Ravens offense or the Browns offense. And you match up those doppelgangers and you see what happened in the past. So that's the foundation for creating 10,000 simulations for each game. And in this game, about 59% of the time that chart, the, I'm sorry, the Ravens came out on top. Part of that is because of their defense and their ability to really control the clock with the run game. You saw that against the Chargers, right? So those two things combined really solidify the win. But you have a wild card in Baker Mayfield, and especially since Freddie Kitchens has taken over as his offensive coordinator, you've seen Baker just be really, really efficient. And that's, that's a huge deal. You know, obviously this is Ravens defense. It's not really one you want to mess with. It's a very, very good defense. but Baker Mayfield has a, has a, he's progressed a lot. Like every rookie you have, you know, obviously you have a, a, a little bit of adjustment period. You have to learn what the NFL is like, but also, you know, you also have a fact that they had different coaches and kind of changes. Um, you know, their running back has changed. Nick Chubb is now there and they didn't have him really in the beginning of the season. So when you look at the evolution of the team, you really try to take who they are. And especially in these past four games, they've looked really good. So it's, it's a different, it's a different, calculus if you will when you're taking into account we don't exactly know what we can get from baker mayfield yet we don't know his ceiling so i actually think the browns keep it a lot closer than some of the other projections that i've seen from people so i think it's maybe like a one it's a one possession game so you know maybe it's a touchdown maybe it's a field goal but i think it's it's a lot closer than i think other people are forecasting yeah it's fascinating because it's it's an unconventional offense and you got mayfield as the wild card here let's just say for the sake of this conversation, Cynthia, that, that Baker gets it done in Baltimore. Yep. All the Steelers would need to do is beat the Bengals in Week 17 at home. They're going to be heavy favorites in that game. It, it almost feels as if all the pressure is on Baltimore this week. Yeah, I think Baltimore, look, the weird part is, is this feels like kind of when Baltimore thrives, right? Like Baltimore's the only team in the past 10 years to like be a wild card and win the Super Bowl. Oh, that's you know, great things point. like that that are kind of in their history and in their makeup. I think this, you know, it's kind of cool to see that an owner is willing to extend a coach 
a week before a game where they're not supposed to win. The Ravens were not favored against the Chargers. But, you know, you see Mr. Bashotti, like, an extend his coach, kind of produce a a really, like, a stabilizing force because you know Ozzie Newsom's leaving. He's already announced that. This is his swan song of a, of a season. They already announced that before the season started. So you're kind of seeing these things, and you're like, well, this is kind of like, this is what the Ravens do. You know, they're, they're, they get a couple great breaks on special teams. They, get, they have this solid defense, and then they just run the heck out of the ball. And that's, that's their formula. So, yes, I do think from a standpoint of, you're right, I don't think that Pittsburgh can have any problems handling the Bengals, but I do also think that I don't think the Ravens are feeling this pressure. I think they felt it last week, and look at how they showed up. You know, I think last week was probably a, a more tricky, you know, matchup because this, the, the Chargers are really, really good, not to take anything away from the Browns, but I think last week was they, they were already feeling it then, so nothing's different for them this yeah. week. Yeah, you know, all great points, and it would be a fascinating rematch if the Chargers go to Baltimore. Also, be a fascinating rematch if the Chargers go back to Pittsburgh, or a rematch of that game on Saturday Night Football in December. Jacksonville, Houston. Now, the Chargers can't play the Texans on Wild Card Weekend, but the result of this game could alter who they play. What does your model tell you about this game? Because I go back to Week 13, the Jaguars. They blanked the Colts 6-0. They've been up and down this year, largely disappointing. But I don't know. I have a weird feeling about this one, Cynthia. Well, a lot of people, I think your weird feeling is probably like, well, you know, you saw that weird Colts-Jags game where it was like 3-0 or 6-3. Yeah, 6-0. And you you think like, wow, if they can do that to the Colts and Andrew Luck, like Deshaun Watson isn't as good as him. But my... My my model and the way that, that the thing that really stands out for me is if you look at the Texans' defensive front in the past three games specifically, they're sub two rushing yards allowed on first down. So I know it sounds kind of specific, but think about like what makes Blake Bortles be able to work, and that's the read option, right? So if yeah. you have if you have an ineffective run game on first down, so Leonard Fournette isn't able to get going on first down, they're going to want to switch away from, from, you know, the threat of the run. And without the threat of the run, the read option doesn't work. So you get those eight man boxes, single high safeties. You're getting all of these, these horribly bad looks for runs, Right. And then it's going to force them to try to throw. And that's not an area where Jacksonville has been good this season. We've seen them not be able to produce in that department very well at all. Right. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> but, so forcing, forcing Blake Borders or Cody Kessler into obvious passing situations is not a great, is not a great situation when you consider the fact that you've got, you know, look, you've got JJ Watt, you've got Whitney Merciless, you've got Jadavian Clowney, all coming from different directions. So that's really what kind of tips the scales for me. And also, you're right, the counterpoint to that would be that Deshaun Watson under pressure, which, by the way, he's been sacked 54 times, the most in the NFL. Deshaun Watson under pressure, his passer rating drops 81 points, which is the biggest discrepancy in the league. But what they've been doing lately, especially you have Dante Foreman coming back, they've been using their running backs a bit more creatively. So if you look only over the past three and four weeks, that number's actually gotten better. So to me, it's like, okay, Deshaun Watson's trending in the right direction at the same time where this defensive front has just this huge first down advantage. That's what really seals the deal for Houston for me. Finally, Cynthia, I think 
any other year we'd skip this game, but it, it could affect the Chargers, and you never know in 2018. Jets, Patriots, Jets, Patriots, and Foxborough. Like, I, listen, I, I'm I'm asking you if you think the Jets have a chance in Foxborough in Week 17, but I don't know. I just don't know. Sam Darnold going into town. What do you think? Sam Darnold. I don't. I see. Here's the thing, because it's going to sound like I don't like the Jets with my answer to this, and I actually think, in, in terms of what to be excited for for the future, the Jets have. There, you know, there's always a team that goes from worst in their division to first. And I actually think the Jets have a very good chance of being that team next season, depending on you know who their new coach is, how much of that huge cap room they spend. But they've got a quarterback that's really going to be great for the future. It's just this isn't the game for that in my model, right? Like this is the game where the Patriots they stop allowing eight yards per rush on first down. That's crappy. They stop doing those things in a situation where you have a very unproven running back core from the Jets. You've got a very fresh. You know, I don't even think Sam, it's a kind of unfair, you know, I talk about like Baker Mayfield evolving as a rookie. It's kind of unfair to say Sam Donald's had that same opportunity because the old line that he's been standing behind has been really scary. And it's, it's not given him kind of that nice, you know, if, if, if Baker's at 12 games, then I would say Sam Darnold's maybe to eight from in terms of learning curve, right? You see what I'm saying? Like he hasn't been able to get those quality reps that make you progress from being able to throw inside the numbers to outside the numbers, make the more difficult paths. He's been forced into some stuff that's very, very complex very early on. So I like the Jets. I think for their future, it's great. I just don't think this is the game. I think that's, you know, as good as their safeties are, you still have Edelman and Gronk and the threat of them in the middle. And even just that threat opens it out on the outside, the perimeter. That is where the big difference is made. All right, I'm doing my quick math here, right? Chargers win, Chiefs win, let's say Ravens win, Patriots win, Texans win, Steelers win. That means Ravens-Chargers, the rematch. A game you were at last Saturday, I saw yet. That would be one heck of a game on Wild Card Weekend. That would be an incredible game. And you know what's even funnier is, like, I just don't think Philip Rivers lets that happen again. Like, it's, this is my gut. I've, no, I've run zero simulations on this. I, I feel like... He's going to make those adjustments to the line. Is Melvin Gordon being back is, and better, and Austin Eckler presumably being back and being healthier. Like, I think, you know, I, I still think that the way you stop a quarterback like a Lamar Jackson is by coming right at him with pressure. Like the antidote to the read option is setting the edge, right? And nobody does that better than Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. You've got two bookends that just absolutely crush. But for two kind of lucky plays, like, that Mark Andrews pass that he made that that was insane and kind of a misassignment and kind like there are some there's some context there that to me is like more like a blown coverage a lot of pre-snap like, penalties too Cynthia like just a, a, oh a lot of uncharacteristic stuff yeah so I, I just don't think that happens again but again it, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from this Ravens defense I'm just saying what I've seen from the Chargers in their offense this season is better than what we saw on Saturday night and that was a fluke to me. Cynthia, you're the best. Where can our listeners see you on NFL Network this weekend? This weekend I'm on game day morning, on Sunday morning, and then we're, we put a whole bunch of stuff out on Twitter. But the game you should watch, or the show you should watch is Game Day Pick'em, which is on Fridays. It's 3.30 out here, but it's 6.30 on the East Coast. 
it's actually a really fun half an hour and you can DVR it and it's like 20 minutes and we pick every single game and give you reasons why. I actually think it's like one of the more fun shows oh, yeah. on the whole network. Is that carrying over into the playoffs, Cynthia? It is. We're actually going to a full hour for the playoffs. So I'm not sure how we're going to talk about less games, but for longer. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I love it. I love it. And I mentioned download Game Theory Money. You guys have Super Bowl probabilities. So that's a little teaser. Download and subscribe. Cynthia, thanks so much. Thank you so much. All right, guys, quick break. I want to tell you that the LA Chargers rely on Bose QC35 headphones to, to black out distractions and focus on what matters most. The same powerful noise-canceling technology helps you concentrate on your music, your work, maybe this podcast, or whatever you're passionate about. Learn more at Bose.com slash Chargers. Bose, the official headphones of the LA Chargers. All right, to get this week's opposing view, we bring in Ryan O'Halloran of the Denver Post. And Ryan, we'll start with Monday night, perhaps the last game in Oakland. Raiders beat the Broncos 27-14. Not the performance they were expecting against a divisional opponent in December, I imagine. No, it was bad. And, uh, you know, Vance Joseph said after the game that, uh, you know, he uh, had a problem with what, with what went on. And delay a game penalty, 12 men on the field, uh, missed tackles, um, inability to get the run game going. You know, when they started three and six, then they went six and six, they lost two in a row. You figure, okay, they're going to have a stinker now that they're out of the playoffs. But this, this really reeked. Three straight losses to sub 500 teams. It's not something folks in Denver are used to seeing, especially when you talked about, you know, you beat the Chargers, you beat the Steelers. You, you think this team's turning the corner a little bit. Uh, what's been the biggest reason you think, Ryan, for this late season stumble? Well, I think they took the Niners lightly. And as you said, they they played lousy against teams that were supposed to be lousy. They go up to San Francisco at six and six, having won three straight. They're not in that final playoff spot yet, but it's sort of in their hands because they should be favored to win some of these games. They fall behind twenty nothing. It was a total no show in the first half against the Niners, and that's going to be a bit, that first half is going to be a big part of Vance Joseph's head coaching obituary if it ends on Monday. After that, you know Cleveland. Another questionable decision by the head coach, you know, down late in the game at the six-yard line, up to kick the field goal instead of going for the touchdown after he talked all week about playing the win, being aggressive, et cetera. So, you know, the Niners game took a lot out of them. You know, the Browns were the better team. And, and on Monday night, I, you know, you don't want to say a team laid down, but I'm not sure their focus was where it should be. Well, now we head into week 17, Chargers coming to town. The Chargers could conceivably get the number one overall seed. They need some help from the Oakland Raiders, who you saw on Monday night. Uh, what are the Broncos saying about the Chargers coming to town in their regular season finale? Well, uh, that could be a lot of Chargers questions this week. Let's put it that way. This is all about looking ahead to what's going to happen on Monday here in Bronco Land. And, you know, there's going to be a lot. I think there's going to be sweeping changes on the roster and the coaching staff. So, I think a major talking point has been Phil Lindsay. He uh, was the first undrafted offensive rookie selected to the Pro Bowl last week, but then he breaks his wrist, has some ligament damage against Oakland, so he's not going to play. So that's a, that's a you know a a unfortunate capper to a bad season. So you know right now for the Broncos, their opponent is the Chargers, but a lot of the talk this week has been okay. Uh, what's next? What's John Elway's next move? 
what are the play? Are the players in that same frame of mind? Are they, you know, because at the end of the day, these guys they got a job to do. They got to get on the field, and you are playing a divisional opponent. I imagine when you get into this time of year, jobs are on the line too, not just for veterans, but for for young guys trying to show something good on tape going into twenty nineteen. Yeah, I mean they have a, they're they're going to be playing a ton of young guys on Sunday, and it's their last chance to you know put on tape, hey whoever the coach is going to be, whoever the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator is going to be, I should be a part of the regular playing time rotation in 2019. And, you know, Cortland Sutton is a, is a second round receiver. He's risen up to number one status because of the Demarius Thomas trade in the Emmanuel Sanders injury. He has four touchdowns. Deshaun Hamilton, a mid round receiver as a rookie. He's come along lately. And Sunday is going to be a big shot for Royce Freeman, another rookie running back who was the starter at the beginning of the season before he was overtaken by Lindsey. I think they, the Broncos' best chance for the future is if a guy like Freeman comes out and says, I can be a number one or one eight back. Yeah. You know, defensively, Ryan, you look at the edge rushers, right? I mean, Von Miller, probably the best in the game. You got Bradley Chubb, the rookie, on the other side. I look at guys like Bradley Roby. I know Chris Harris Jr. is not in that secondary. He was in that first match against the Chargers. Uh, what's been the biggest disappointment on defense? When, when you talk about some of these guys that were a part of that Super Bowl defense, uh, there are some pieces there. Uh, but like you said, during the, the latter part of this year, these sub-500 teams, they, they got jumped on. Yeah, Roby's been a total disappointment. Uh, I mean, they tr- traded Aqib Tlaib to open up that number two spot for Roby, former first-round pick. They picked up his fifth-year option, so he's playing on that uh, basically a one-year deal. He had 16 chances. He has 15 so far to prove that he's worth a long-term contract. He has not proven that. He uh, is He's missed 10 tackles. He's given up six touchdowns, and he's not been that guy, which has forced the Broncos this year to play Chris Harris on the best receiver no matter where he is on the field. Harris was, is out with a broken leg. So if you look at this defense, yeah, you have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. You have a pretty good defensive line, but you need to really retool this secondary because I don't expect Darian Stewart at safety to be back. They need multiple cornerbacks to play behind Harris. So, you know, people want people still try to refer to that as the no fly zone. Well, uh, it's actually been the frequent fly zone this year. Mm. Yeah, it seems like Sunday is really not the lead in Denver It's is what's going to happen yeah. in 2019. Uh, let me just ask you from a, a general playoff perspective, because you have a very unique perspective in that you covered the Jags last year. You covered the Jaguars for a number of years. You were in New England, I'm sure, for that AFC championship game last season. You've seen the Broncos play the AFC West. You saw them play the Steelers, the Ravens, the Texans. Uh, how would you forecast these AFC playoffs as someone who has seen all of these teams up close? Well, the Chiefs have the best best offense, but can they stop anybody in the playoffs? And as a lot of Charger fans know, the Chiefs having home field in the playoffs has not meant anything lately. So, you know, if the Chargers can find a way to get that number one seed, I think they should be the favorite because they are a balanced team. Uh, if they're the fifth seed, can they win three straight real games? Sure, but that makes the sledding a lot tougher. If the Chargers aren't the number one seed, I like New England because they'll have to win one road game. And if they go to Kansas City, I would like their chances there. You know, Baltimore has that number one defense, but, you know, Lamar Jackson, can he can he win you a game on, in the, on the road in the playoffs? So if I do do my power rankings right now, you know, aside from seeding, I'd go Chargers one, Patriots two, Chiefs three, 
Baltimore four, Houston five, and then I think Indianapolis will be Tennessee to get that sixth spot, but uh, a really wide open conference. Right. Let me ask you this because you just saw this Raiders team up close and personal. Are they frisky enough to get a win in Arrowhead on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs, knowing that the Chiefs, all they need to do is win to get a first round bye at least? I think they are. I think they're competitive enough to make it close, but I think Kansas City is going to be treating this like a playoff game and realizing what's at stake. I mean, this is not a difference between a five seed and a three, where you still got to play three games to get to the Super Bowl. This is a difference between three road games and two home games. That's a huge difference. And it's rare that you see a situation like this where the seedings are so different based on one game. So, yeah, I think the Raiders will play hard, get a little momentum off their short week, but I think the Chiefs will win at home. Ryan, final thing for me, if you could name some of these younger guys that maybe Chargers fans should have their eyes on. Like you said, it's not going to be a, a typical game in that you got a full complement of guys, uh, a lot of younger guys trying to get on tape for, for 2019 in Denver. Yeah, well, on offense, we've talked about Royce Freeman at running back, Cortland Sutton, and Deshaun Hamilton at receiver. I got to watch. He wasn't that involved in the offense when the team's first play back at week 10 is Tim Patrick, number 81. He's done some good things. He's averaging 14 yards a catch. And, you know, he had a good game against Cleveland working against some, you know, non number one corners. And on defense, Bradley Chubb's at 12 sacks. He still has that uh, NFL rookie sack record in his sights. He needs one and a half to tie that. Josie Jewell is a draft pick rookie. He'll start uh, at inside linebacker in the base defense. And then Isaac Yadam is a rookie corner. Uh, he'll probably be their number three on Sunday behind Roby and Tremaine Brock. So they're playing a lot of young guys, some because they're just better and others because it's out of necessity. But the Broncos are hoping that all of the snaps they're getting in 18 are going to allow them to flourish in 19. Well, Ryan, it's always strange in week 17 when you have a, a team that doesn't have much to play for and you know the, the Chargers are kind of at the mercy of, of another team to, uh, to get the number one overall seed. But uh, regardless, I look forward to seeing you in Denver and uh, I always appreciate your time. Sure, and one last thing about the Chargers is I think they got, I think it's important for them to play well. They get some mo going into the playoffs. I mean, 100%. Last year, Jaguars, last year the Jaguars lost at Tennessee in the season finale is a game they had nothing to play for, but they had a stinker the week before. They played the Titans hard. They went in that wild card game against Buffalo, feeling a little bit better about themselves. So if I'm a Charger fan, I sort of would want my frontline guys to play and play well. Well said, and that, and that's what Coach Lynn said. He's like, we're not resting anybody. We are trying to win the game, and, and I think it's important in Week 17, especially like you said last year, you have to have a little bit of momentum, especially coming off a loss the way the Chargers lost to the Ravens. You want to be playing your best football going into January. Absolutely, because you know you can't just flip the switch. We've seen that before. No, doesn't happen. Ryan, you're the best man. Thank you so much for your time. All right, see you Sunday. Thanks. All right, before we close the show with Jeff Miller, a quick break to let you know that this season we've taken Chargers Weekly to the next level. That's because I'm using Bose QuietComfort 35 Headphones 2 on air now. The powerful noise-canceling technology helps me black out distractions and brings you the latest news on the LA Chargers. Visit Bose.com Chargers to learn more about the most powerful Bose headphones yet. Bose, the official headphones of the NFL. All right, he's back by popular demand. Jeff Miller, Los Angeles Times. Jeff, what's up, buddy? 
I don't know how popular it was, but I'm glad to be back. Oh, yes. it's, it's great to have you, man. <laughs> we were just talking. It's week 17. It's kind of a strange week, right? Because we know the Chargers are going to the playoffs. There's a chance. There's a chance that they could be the number one overall seed if the Raiders beat the Chiefs and the Chargers take care of business in Denver. But you're looking at that five seed, and, and that could be maybe the more likely situation. It sure feels that way, doesn't it? It um, This is the weirdest week we've had in a while, and we've had a nice stretch of weeks where the games were real important, so we had all that to focus on, and we didn't have to focus on, you know, in Denver now they're focusing on what's who's going to be on the team, who's going to be the coach. Play for the all, jobs. And all that stuff. We don't have to worry about that uh, covering this team. So it's, that's been nice, but we've had a nice stretch of these games are huge, so now they got to, here's what, how the game breaks down. This week is very strange because this could be, the biggest game yet or at the end of the day it may not even matter what they do because of it all what happens in Kansas City is what really matters yeah. to, to more than more than just the Chiefs um, so it is a strange week and uh, I, it's 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 a really weird uh, idea of how to how do you uh, sort of advance this game and what do you what do people want to know um, so it, it is a strange week but it um, uh, it's going to be a really interesting afternoon, no matter what's happening, and we'll, you know, like everybody, we'll be watching you know two games at one time, probably. You go you go around the league, and you hear some of these coaches talk about are they going to be scoreboard watching based on what happens in other games? And one thing I thought was interesting that Anthony Lynn said at his press conference at the beginning of the week is like that's a distraction. We got to focus on the task at hand, and I think that's the mentality, right, Jeff? You, you probably have to have right. You want to be playing your best football going into January. Sure, and I, I think that's that that's a very football mentality, very coach mentality. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it's it has to be that way because you can't in this league, especially you, you can't look past anybody and you can't be focused on two games at once. I mean, it's hard enough to do that watching Red Zone or whatever at home, right? And so <laughs> I have trouble with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so to be on the sideline and trying to trying to run one of the teams and but it, obviously they're gonna you know they're gonna see the score. The score is gonna be running and they're and I'm sure they're gonna be uh, they'll be providing highlights during timeouts and stuff like that because people are going to want to know you know if they're not on their phones and they're in the stadium they're going to want to know what these other, you know just denver has some sophisticated nfl fans so they're going to kind of want to know they'll be taking a peek yeah for and, sure. and as we know the fc is completely on its head right now nobody knows nothing's set so which is really strange with with one week to go that there's nothing is for sure and i mean you think about it this team could play any you know any of these playoff contenders this team could play right now it's other than the chiefs right that's the only team that we know they can't play the chiefs the first round exactly other than that they could play any of these teams they could and they could be on the road or they still could be at home so it's a really uh it's a really weird uh scenario that way too but i you have to focus on your game each of these teams has to but at the same time you know they're going to have an idea of what's going on in these other games they it, it just it's human nature and you want to know you know you toward the end if you know it could influence you know if you know the chiefs are four touchdowns ahead they may say hey okay let's maybe sure maybe we're not gonna maybe it's a good idea to pull some of these guys right now just in case but by the same token if it's a three-point game in kansas city you're gonna keep saying hey we, playing you know, we're right there we're, we gotta we, this is still alive so there's definitely gonna be some of that going on we talked about this at the top of the program Chargers could be the number one overall seed in the AFC. They could play in five different cities potentially all wild card weekend. One of them could be Baltimore. And we can rewind a little bit. Just looking at that, that game against the Ravens, Jeff, 22-10. to 10. 
what did you take from that? What, what lessons do you think the Chargers should have taken from that loss? I, I think the one thing they're going to be looking at, especially if, I'm sure they're looking at it this week, and if they have to play them again, is is the the pressure that the Ravens were able to get on Philip, and the 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 offense never got comfortable, never looked in sync. Uh, it, it was a really strange game in that this team has played so well for a long stretch. Yeah, and you wonder if that's a, is that an anomaly because they have scored 20 points in every game this year except for that one, or was it just you know that Ravens defense is as advertised? I think the Ravens are really good. I think they're. There's no question about that. You look at their, the stats over the course of 16 weeks. Now, they're, they're, defensively, their stats are really good, and I think they played really well. Uh, what was weird watching that game, Chris, is they never were so used to the, the Chargers this year. They've they've somehow figured it out as the game goes along. We've seen this before where on defense maybe they get gashed for a bunch of yards early, and then all of a sudden they tighten up. Yeah, and we've seen, but don't break. You know, and and we've seen that with the offense, the same thing working. And, and last week they never really – figured out what how to handle that 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 rush and that pressure and you know like I said Rivers never really looked like himself and they they didn't gain any yards they didn't score any points they, I mean their one the one touchdown drive they had was a short field because of the turnover so um he kept waiting for them to, okay, now they're going to get this figured out. And maybe that last drive, if Gates doesn't fumble, maybe that's where they were going to. I was going to just say, as poorly as the game was developing for the Chargers, still, there's three minutes to go, Ravens 39-yard line when Gates fumbles, down six. You have a chance to still win the game despite all of what happened with the offense. Exactly, and I think Rivers said it when he talked uh Last this week, is that he they got to the fourth quarter and sort of said, "Wow, this has been a really bad game, but we still can win. So let's now go win." And which they we've seen him do a bunch of times mm-hmm. this year, and it just didn't work out that time. Uh, but it was that was the thing that I was struck by is how they just did not seem to have an answer, and they never were able over that course of sixty minutes to figure out how do we how do we exploit this 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 defense, and how do we you know take advantage of rather than you know they're they're flying at us these blitzes how do we ex- uh, exploit that and they never quite either be- without either because of scheme or execution they never quite got there and figured it out I think one of the things that you're going to want to see this Chargers team execute Sunday but more importantly in the playoffs they got to get off to a quick start their last six wins the opponent has scored first in five of them so you're playing from behind and, and that's what it kind of felt like in that that Ravens game is that hey they play from behind. They can sneak out and, and win it at the end. But you got to take the pressure off your defense a little bit. Give them a little bit of a cushion. Play from ahead like you did in, in Buffalo and Cleveland, places like that. Yeah, they. Uh, some of them talked about that last week going into that game, the importance of like of, of that exact thing of we've got to get ahead early. I mean, Mike Pouncey I talked to during the week, and he, he said, hey, it's great to be able to do this, but it'd be nice one of these games to be able to get ahead and, and to play with a lead. And Anthony Lynn talked about it, same idea of like I'd like to see us play with a lead for once and then they go out and the first play is an interception <laughs> so and, uh, and it's they, a bad omen <laughs> it didn't start well and they then of course the defense rose up and they did hold them for to a field goal but then they're behind again so yeah it's it, it's great to be able to come back but you can't especially in this league you can't do it every week you're not going to be able to eventually it's going to catch up to you and it, it caught up to them against a really good team and uh, a really good defense and so 
that that's a great thing to have in your pocket, but you can't keep going to it over and over. And and it's it's not going to work in the playoffs. I mean, they're going to have to get they they can't they're not going to be able to come back from double digits down like they've done a bunch of times in the playoffs. And uh, you're right. I mean, they have to they have they absolutely have to avoid that happening again. I think in January too, Jeff, you want to be able to pack a pass rush, but you also need to be able to defend a pass rush, and, and Phillip has been sacked nine times the last two weeks against some pretty good defensive lines in, in the Ravens, and, you know, we talk about Chris Jones. Uh, he was a kind of a one-man wrecking crew. He's yeah. kind of done that all year. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, kind of a nice primer for the playoffs when you talk about protecting 17. Yeah, it certainly is, and, and uh, with Von uh, Miller especially, I mean, he and Phillip have played against each other a bunch. There's a lot of cat and mouse. We saw that yeah. last game where, you know, Miller that pick. He he kind of took a step in, and of course, Phillip throws the the screen pass and it's intercepted, and then we all know where the game went from there. Um, so yeah, it's this is uh, definitely a good primer, as you said. That's a that's a good word for it. But uh, they are going to have to protect Philip, and he. I thought it, it, it's interesting. A few times now, uh, I've asked uh, Anthony Lynn about this, and he has both times made a point to mention that you know. There were a couple times Philip could have got rid of the ball too last week against the Ravens, and he didn't. So, uh, as as he said, it was it wasn't just one guy, it wasn't just one guy in the line, it wasn't just one back. It's important to note, it was everybody, and he also included Philip in there. So I think they all sort of uh, this week are being reminded of, hey, this is a team effort, and we all got we all got to work together and avoid these sacks. And it's, it's so it's not just an easy fix where you can say, okay, if it's this one guy on, on on the line, they've got to help out, and that's all it is. It's it's a bunch of different things. I know there was a play where Justin Jackson last week kind of messed up and resulted in Philip, you know, getting hit, and uh, and so it, it's not it's not as easy as like this guy on the this guy or these two guys on on the offensive front are, are messing up. It's uh, it's the whole operation, and that and that's another thing. Like falling behind that can't continue. I mean, we know. I mean, Philip's not. He's a lot of things, but he's not elusive. So if he he's got to have time back there, and he's got to be able to, you know, he's got to have the it doesn't take he doesn't need a lot of time but he needs enough to make the decision and make a quick throw and if if, when that's disrupted like we saw last week this team this offense can really bog down in a hurry the more we talk about this Jeff the more it just seems like Sunday regardless of what happens on the outside with with Kansas City and Oakland it's these little things it's it's playing from ahead it is penalties last time these two teams played. The Chargers had 14 penalties and, and two turnovers. That was a big reason why they lost. And they didn't get to Case Keenum. They didn't sack him once. The only time this year. So just these little things. I was talking to Ryan O'Halloran from the Denver Post, and and he's got a unique perspective because he covered the Jaguars last year. And he said, you know, that that Week 17 game, if it doesn't mean anything in the stat sheet, it, it still means something to the guys in, in terms of momentum and just playing the right way before you get to the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I think with the Chargers, it, it's even more important based on what just happened to them. They need to feel good about themselves again. And maybe that's a, maybe it ends up being a positive, too, losing to the Ravens, because you learn from it and you can build on it. Yeah, absolutely. And these guys have, you know, they've they've bounced back every time they've been beat. They've bounced back every time they've, they've, they've struggled. They've come back. In a, in a good way. So um, this may, I mean, this this week, they if they can bounce back, the offense can get going again. Uh, I think that it helps them. It, it 
the it, it does make you know they can feel better about themselves feel more confident they can kind of get back to the idea of okay that was that was just a one week where we we struggle and against a really good defense and and now we've got it rolling again and then they go into the playoffs and they're going to need uh, if they're looking at playing all these games on the road in the playoffs they're going to need as much confidence and as much momentum and as much of that feel good as you can as they can have because it's they they have a tough road in front of them um, depending on what happens Sunday but if it goes the way that logic tells you it's going to go they do have a tough road and they're going to have to feel good and confident going into that first playoff game a feather in your cap you haven't beaten the Broncos in Denver since 2013 and just your point about uh, bouncing back they haven't lost two straight games since last year weeks eight and ten they had a bye week in week nine so they've done a great job of responding to adversity this year and I think that's one of the hallmarks of Coach Lynn's tenure with the Chargers is just the ability win or lose to kind of put the week before in the rear view and just focus on the task at hand. And I think that is a positive sign when you talk about going into January. Yeah, and they have been really good at, good at that, and I think uh, that has to be considered a positive uh, with this team and with this whole operation in the last two years is they have had that ability to not not let one game affect the way they play the next game. And this, is a, this week will be another another look at that same thing and another sort of test in that same of that same mindset uh, Philip said you know yesterday when he spoke uh, about the the mental strength of this team and the toughness and I, I think there's something to that I mean a lot of times you hear players say that and you kind of want to roll your eyes and say, yeah, they all every every team says that oh we're mentally tough yeah. yeah well they are mentally tough I mean they wouldn't be in the NFL if they were if they weren't but I, I think there is something to that and I think they believe that and uh, that's that can only help them, especially given what they could be face, facing here in January. They're going to need all of that, and so um, yeah, I think uh, there there is there is that to it. There's the this week also. I mean, Anthony Lynn, he's one and two against the uh, Broncos. That's right, you mentioned that. You know, in his tenure as the head coach, it's only three games, but he's lost two of them. So, yeah, and you know, he knows that team and that franchise really well. So I'm sure he personally would love to go there and even uh, even that score and and uh, there's there's something to that too so there's a there's a lot to play for there's a lot uh, a lot of things to look at this weekend and a lot of things that are important uh, about this weekend as it uh, as it advances into the into the postseason so uh, th- all those things are going to be worth watching and uh, you know, th- this is it, it could ultimately not mean a whole lot what happens but it's it, uh, how they play is going to be important i think quickly we'll we'll get you out of here on this just the the afc in general and, and all these other games of note what do you think happens what do you think happens in in baltimore cleveland pittsburgh cincinnati uh, there's even a scenario jeff where sam darnold could decide whether or not the chargers play the patriots all wild card weekend there's a lot of different scenarios and how does that make charger fans feel <laughs> i mean sam darnold might be a all he might be a hall of fame quarterback someday he's not right now yeah 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 uh, so uh yeah that's probably not the most uh greatest feeling in the world for for fans uh, rooting for that to happen but the thing I look at is Chargers are favored by roughly a touchdown. The Chiefs are favored by almost two touchdowns. 
the uh, Ravens are favored by six, I think, last time I looked. So you think all three of those things, this is the NFL. There's a good chance one of those three isn't going to happen just mm-hmm. because this is the NFL. I don't know which one of those three. <laughs> and don't forget about Jacksonville-Houston. I don't yeah. think there's a scenario in which the Chargers could play the Texans, but if the Jaguars beat the Texans, and I think if the Ravens beat the Browns, the winner of that game on Sunday night will host the Chargers. And yeah, which no one saw. No one no. was thinking about that a few days ago. But, yeah, it, it's crazy, and I don't know. Uh, it just it just seems so unlikely, even when you have these games where we're talking about these games where one team has everything to play for, the other team has nothing to play for. It seems like this is the NFL. There's not a lot of difference between these teams. A lot of these games come down to a couple of plays. And I, you know that one, one of these things that everyone is assuming is going to happen is not going to happen just because it's the NFL. And, and maybe that topples everything. Maybe that just means the difference between one team getting in and not getting in. I, I guess we'll see. But uh, I would not want to be betting on, on most of these games just because it's, it's going to be – it's just too hard to, to gauge. The playing for pride thing can go two different ways. You can get a team that just lies down and wants to get on with their vacation in 2019, or you get a team, I tell you, I don't know if you saw the mic'd up of John Gruden after the game talking about oh, yeah. how much he dislikes the Kansas City Chiefs. And when you have a, a team that, that's playing with a lot of energy, a lot of young guys, you never know how it's going to shake out. Well, exactly, and I think that's part of the reason they these division games at the, on the, at, in Week 17, part of it was you'd have, ga- you'd have games that have meaning because you're playing teams you're in a division. The other part of it is you have these rivals. Mm. I mean, the Chiefs and Raiders have never gotten along and so that's a you know that's a big game no matter what the records are and all that stuff and you know the Chargers and Broncos aren't exactly best buddies so there's there is that rivalry thing I mean the you know the Broncos are not it's not like you know the Broncos are playing the the Jets this weekend or something I mean they're playing a team they know really well they play every twice every year a lot of those you know we mentioned Vaughn Miller he's played the Chargers how many times so there's a lot of familiarity there's a lot of there's that whole common opponent thing in the NFL that that sort of breathes you know this uh, venom between teams so there's a lot of that going on and it and it's uh, it just adds to the intrigue of it and it just adds to the uncertainty and and how one of the one or multiple of these games is going to end up going sideways and it's it's going to be really interesting and fun to watch we don't know how it's going to shake out but I do know I will see you in the press box thanks Jeff absolutely thanks And that's going to do it. My thanks to Jeff Miller, Ryan O'Halloran, and Cynthia Freeland for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Please help spread the word. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and until next time, I'm Chris Habry.